Hello and welcome to A Smashing Theory, the ultimate prediction podcast for Super Smash Bros. and other video games. I'm Daniel. And I'm Super Smash and Sean. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. I thought regular Sean would be here today. No, you gotta <laughs> deal with me today instead. Oh, fantastic. Yep. Anyway, welcome to our podcast. Here we are. Uh, yeah, so we we had a lot of things to talk about over several episodes, <laughs> and then that well just kind of ran dry all of a sudden. Yep. So welcome to our uh, our slow news week, October 2020 episode. All right. Uh, we do have some stuff to talk about. We do. Right? Like, you and I played Minecraft. There were there were a couple of smaller announcements. Well, we, we didn't play we, Minecraft. We, I mean, we played <laughs> Minecraft in Smash. We played as Steve from Minecraft in Smash. Yeah, but as... Since we played as Steve, we played Minecraft. No, because that's Steve's, not how that works. Because Steve's moveset is playing Minecraft. No. Yeah, anyway, so we played Minecraft, no. and then there were some other smaller announcements. Super Smashing Sean thinks this <laughs> Super Smashing sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we'll talk about those, and then, uh, and then a lot of our viewers, uh, listeners... Uh, had suggestions for things we could talk about this episode. Cool. So we'll get into that. I can't wait to show them. I mean, say those things. So anyway, <laughs> there's there's a couple corrections, of course, before we get started. Of course. Uh, the character I kept calling Pura's hot husband from <laughs> Breath of the Wild, uh, first off, is named Robbie. Mm-hmm. Thank you, One Saxon 51. Thank you. And second off, is not her husband, uh... Robbie and Pierre from Breath of the Wild are not married. They're just colleagues okay. pursuing Hylian science or Shika science or whatever. Um, the Elytra in Minecraft is not crafted, mm. uh, as Sean said last episode. <laughs> it's uh, it's found in End City okay. uh, thanks to Jack, one of our patrons, for letting us know. Thanks, Jack. Yeah. Just goes to show that I'm a low-tier jerk ass who hasn't actually beaten the ender dragon or i would know that knowledge <laughs> oh you scrub yeah <laughs> uh, you minecraft scrub uh, just scrubbing my hands over the keyboard and then the game closes <laughs> <laughs> who knew that that's not how minecraft works <laughs> uh speaking of minecraft yeah. Uh, now, the corrections are over, so speaking of Minecraft... I see. Uh, we played Minecraft in Smash Bros. No, correction number three. <laughs> we didn't play Minecraft in Smash Bros. We played as Steve, the Minecrafter in Smash Bros, who has a moveset that is evocative of Minecraft, but is not identical to playing Minecraft. Steve plays Minecraft, and therefore we play Minecraft through Steve. How do I hate this more than you? <laughs> uh so we played the Minecraft update. Yes. Um, so we, we we got our hands on Steve slash Alex slash Zombie slash Enderman. Yes, I specifically played as Enderman in all situations where I played as the Minecraft character, and I specifically played as Alex. Nice. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, we Steve's Steve's cool. Yeah. Uh, very complex. Yes, but also more intuitive than I was expecting. Like okay. I, I found that. He kind of worked in a way that, you know, that made some amount of sense to me. And I was able to get him to do the things that I wanted him to 
when I wanted to do those things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mostly uh, was just really overwhelmed by the <laughs> the vastness of his kit. Sure. Uh, well, I mean, I guess it's because I've played more Minecraft than you, which gave me somewhat of an edge, but not the same one that it would have if those experiences were the same. I mean, I now too have played Minecraft. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> This but you you've, you've played it a little more than I have. I'll give you that. So <laughs> no, you can keep that. I don't want you to give it to me. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but yeah, mostly I just like use the minecart a lot. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, I was like mining and you know using the lava. I I probably got the most use out of magma and lava. Yeah, oh, I would that's say magma. Lava, lava, magma. Uh, yeah, I, I just would, I'd collect resources for like, you know, for like thirty seconds uh-huh. until I was satisfied that I had enough to like get boosted mine carts uh-huh, for sure. the rest of the match, and then I would just run, run opponents over with that. That's fair. I, I was doing magma and lava. I was, I was also doing a lot of TNT. Ah, oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, I did not really do any TNT. <laughs> well, it was easy for me to set up because I was playing with, like, the stupid AI, so I could just, like, take my time and do these elaborate TNT traps and they'd walk right into them. Right. So that was fine. Yeah. Um. Apparently, there was, like, kind of a, a big-ish online tournament. Oh. Big enough that, like, Hungrybox, like, made a video about it. Hmm. And a Steve player won that tournament. Oh, yeah, good, cool. So, so yeah, like high level Steve is right. potentially already a thing, right? Or yeah, I guess at the very least, like people still don't know what to make of Steve, right? They so still they still have no idea how to handle that matchup. The yet. element of surprise is on Steve's side, yeah. Uh, but over and can't uh fight their way out of a competitive Smash uh <laughs> paper bag, yeah, uh land. Here we are. Over here, uh, we yeah, we just played classic mode. Yeah, uh, which was not the thing that I said that I thought was cool, uh, and that you thought was cool. Some I, like I, 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 I forget what now. Yeah. yeah, I think it was something along the lines of like uh, Steve and like other other oh locations. right yeah yeah yeah. it was like like other kind of low poly games or something like that i, I think it? other games that kind of involve like creativity and building okay. and stuff something like that yeah. yeah uh instead it was just a bunch like it was just a bunch of areas that were minecraft references right like uh like the final boss was uh fighting ridley and and a pair of endermen right which uh, which i i think i even said like i bet the final boss will be you know something representing the ender dragon and then you said rathalo specifically oh, okay right right yeah whatever I I win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also, you didn't say that Rathalos would represent the Ender Dragon. You just said it'd be Rathalos. And well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the Minecraft update also came with a bunch of Minecraft music. Yes, I said at the end of the last episode that uh, once we knew who the composers, who the arrangers for each track were, mm-hmm. I would gladly. Share them on the pod. <laughs> well. uh, and, and in fact, I uh, the the moment I knew, like <laughs> the 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 second the update went live and I downloaded it, the first thing I did was I tweeted out uh, the the composers that arranged each track, right? Uh, using the Smash Bros, the Smashing Theory twit, Twitter, 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 Daniel. Oh, Twitter! Oh, you put it on them tweets. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Uh, 
So the arrangers are the following people. Right. Uh, Holland slash Delarna was arranged by Ace, mm-hmm. uh, the the composition team that makes the battle music for Xenoblades 1 and 2. Right. Uh, also, they are quickly growing into just one of the, like, best arrangers for Smash Ultimate yeah. uh, in general. Like, yeah. they've... They've made some fucking bangers for Smash <laughs> at this point. No, they're doing a great job. Yeah, they uh, they done like the Fortress boss theme from Super Mario World. They did Gangplank Galleon. Ah, right? excellent. Yeah, they did that remix. Uh, they did um the remix of Beneath the Mask for Persona Five stage. Nice. Um, they did a remix of the Animal Crossing title theme that I don't know if I've ever heard before. Hmm. They did they did that for Ultimate. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh yeah, Tamori Kudo, uh, he and Hiroyo Chiko Yamanaka. Okay. Yeah. Good um, stuff. Yeah, they they do some good shit. Yes. And Holland Delarn is also very good shit. I love that track. Yes, me too. Um Earth by Kitsuhiro Kitadani, who has done music for Pokken and also music for Damon X Machina. Ah, that's interesting that those two games have the same composer. Yeah. Um it has, they may have the same composer twice, but more on that shortly. Uh, I don't know what the fuck that means, so I'll you'll, be interested you'll, yeah. to find out. You'll know that shortly. Oh. Uh, toys toys on a tear. That was, okay, I looked ahead and that was much less mysterious than you <laughs> yeah. were making it out to be. <laughs> what? Stop reading things. <laughs> toys on a tear. I can't, I'm literate. <laughs> Toys on a Tear from Yuzu Koshiro. Yeah. Yeah, Streets of Rage, Act Razor, and just a, a whole lot just of... Just a bunch of stuff. Yeah, Shenmue. Uh, just a very talented, very diverse uh, composer. He also basically invented some genres of techno. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, Toys on a Tear is, is pretty, pretty pretty catchy. It's a tear. Sure. Yeah. Uh, With those toys. Dance of the Blocks from uh-huh. Yoko fucking Shimomura. Another uh-huh. incredibly versatile, like, pioneer of video game music. Love me some Yoko. Yeah. Uh, actually, what's kind of funny is, like, you know, I was, I was letting each track play. Yeah. Um, And, like, Toys on a Terrace playing for a while. And then I look up and Dance of the Blocks was playing. And I thought that Dance of the Blocks was just, like... Which is like a continuation of Toys on a Tear. Huh. They end up accidentally sounding kind of similar to uh-huh. each other, I think. Uh, but both are very good. Yes. Um, uh, also, weird coincidence, they uh, Yuzu Koshiro and Yoko Shimomura have also worked together recently. Hmm. They've both contributed to the Streets of Rage 4 soundtrack. That's right, of course. Um, Glide from Hiroki Hashimoto, who has contributed to the soundtracks for Pokken and Damon X Machina. Well, what the fuck? Yeah, I know, right? Uh, wow. <laughs> I'm so glad the way you, you don't know how to it. read. No, because you, you said, like, well, he he might have also done those games twice, but we'll talk about that later. I was like, what, what like, Schrodinger's composition is this shit? Like, what are you talking about? I think what I said is that might have happened twice. I think that's what I said. Well... You Whatever just... you said sucked. <laughs> yes, no fault is on the way that you process the things that I say normally. No, I everything process I great is. <laughs> there is a chance that that I did say it in a way that made it sound like he <laughs> he like traveled to another dimension and then <laughs> and wrote the soundtrack yeah. again. 
Yeah, I I don't remember clearly enough to to make that claim very confidently. We'll find out in the edit. Yeah, we'll yeah we'll listen to that in post. Our listeners can decide who is right and who is stupid. <laughs> uh, and finally, the Arch Illager from Motoi Sakuraba, right? Uh, the composer of Golden Sun, uh, the Golden Sun franchise, and the Tales of franchise. Some of it, not okay, like, not right. literally every Tales of game ever made. Sure, but uh, involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he, he did a lot of the good Tales games. Okay, gotcha. as far as as far as I'm aware of. Cool. Very distinct uh, style. Like as soon as you listen to a Motoi Sakuraba thing, you just kind of go, "Yeah, that sounds like Golden Sun music, all right." Yeah, I think Motoi Sakuraba also did like Golden Sun. I think he did some tracks for Kid Icarus Uprising. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. So yeah, Mot- Motoi Sakuraba, very talented. And this was like, this is just a pile of like incredible JRPG composers. Yes, you know, like yeah. uh, like you know, not not literally everyone here has composed for an iconic JRPG. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, there's there, there's definitely a pedigree here, though. Yeah, exactly. You got some Xenoblade, you got Kingdom Hearts. Forgot to mention that Yoko Shimomura has done Kingdom Hearts. Right, you just didn't put anything yeah, just... <laughs> under, under the list of things that Yoko Shimomura did because you were too busy writing Yoko fucking Shimomura <laughs> in our outline. I mean, it's Yoko fucking Shimomura. <laughs> also, like, who that listens to our podcast does not know by now that Yoko Shimomura has done Kingdom Hearts. I, I, I like sing her praises like every time we bring her up. Yeah, maybe there's one person. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe he just Who, missed all of the episodes. Whoever you are, Yoko Shimomura composes music for the Kingdom Hearts franchise. Yes. Yep. You can listen to it in the Kingdom Hearts Rhythm game. That's true. That, that's, that's coming true. out in, in like a month or two. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Demo for that. Complicated. <laughs> Very hard. Yes. Yeah. Or, I mean, Well, I mean, you've told me that it's hard. Yeah. I haven't played it myself. Um, but I believe you. More characters were revealed for Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Oh. So, so last time we talked about Pyrrha and her hot friend that is not her husband, <laughs> right. Robbie. Um, there have been some more like character trailers that show... Uh, so uh, we predicted, back when Age of Calamity was first announced... That uh, that Pira might be a playable character. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, that Koga, the head of the Yiga clan, or his right. predecessor, uh, might be playable, and uh, and maybe Hestu, uh, the big uh, the big old Korok with like big old maracas, <laughs> uh, maybe Hestu would be playable as kind of a joke character. Sure. Um, and none of these trailers confirm whether or not <laughs> these characters are playable or not. Okay, they're just like in cutscenes. Um, but since, since Warriors games tend to have, like, at least a couple dozen playable characters, or at right. least, like, at least, like, a dozen and a half playable characters, yeah, I'd be surprised if the characters we're seeing, like, spotlighted in these trailers are not, are not playable somehow. Sure, yeah, I, I gotcha. Yeah, I guess it's possible that they're not, because there's also a lot of gameplay fo- footage that kind of shows off that, like, Link can equip, like, 17 different kinds of weapons and shit <laughs> so maybe there'll be more of a focus on all the characters having a lot of different weapons to mm-hmm. equip and less on there being a lot of different playable characters i hope that's wrong i hope that's wrong too i, I like the you know uh, a large volume of playable characters i think that's i think that that's a lot of the fun of the warriors right franchise. yeah it's it's, yeah. Quint, it's a quintessentially warriors thing yeah so there so there were some some trailers that showed off uh, several Yiga clan members, including Koga, who does seem to still be alive a hundred years ago. Right. Uh, and two unnamed subordinates of him. One 
being kind of like a cool, like, uh, like, you know, like very duty bound, like warrior type that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of his very loyal, like second in command. Okay. And also a mysterious spooky wizard. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it'd be whack if none of those guys just were in time for Halloween. <laughs> The game will come out after Halloween. But the reveal is just in time for <laughs> Halloween. Uh, we also saw some Hestu. Uh, Hestu existed 100 years ago. Right. Looks exactly the same. <laughs> um, and uh, there, there is a whole thing. Like, in this game, like in Breath of the Wild, you can find the Koroks hidden around the map. Ah. Uh, and I assume Hestu will will give you something if you find all of them. Okay. Uh, cool. I'm I'm wondering if in this game finding all the Koroks will unlock has to as a playable character. I would love that. That yeah. would be great. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, none of these characters confirmed as playable yet, but that the the hope the hope is that that happens. Sure. Uh, and the final bit of news before we move on to a big old pile of listen of mail. Oh, it's jangling on my lap right now. All that mail. You don't need to, like, conjure the mail up physically every time we do this. But I've already conjured it, Daniel, or as I say, conjured it. You don't have to fucking be a dick. <laughs> so Fire Emblem uh, Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light was revealed. A uh, Yes. A... Uh, a remaster for a game this old seems weird to say, but basically uh, <laughs> a a localized re-release with some quality of life updates. Right. Uh, it was just, you know, just a reveal video was just thrown online. Yeah. Like on a Thursday morning. Um, and it's kind of cute. The, yeah. the video is kind of set up as like a couple of kids playing Smash Melee and not knowing who Marth is. Yeah. One of them doesn't know who Marth is. Right, yeah. I I thought it was very cute. Yes. I, I really loved that as a setup. Yeah, it's like, oh, who's this guy? And this eight-year-old from 2001 is like, you don't know who Marth is? He's from the series Fire Emblem. Right. Nazo no Musurazu. You know. Uh, like... Like, and then they just rattle off, like, a bunch of, like, facts about, right. like, the first Fire Emblem game. Like, I did not know this much about Fire Emblem yeah, in 2001. <laughs> but this this kid in this sketch is like, oh, you don't know what Fire Emblem is? Yeah, no, I I was the who the fuck is Fire Emblem yeah. kid at that time in my life. <laughs> All of my friends. Fire Emblem? Yeah, none of us knew who what Fire Emblem was at that time. Yeah, and, like, you know, like, at, at that time, I, I was kind of knowledgeable of like a lot of Japanese only games, right? I was okay. I was uh you know, I was I was kind of figuring out that oh, there there's a we never got Final Fantasy 5, you know, <laughs> or uh like find, finding stuff like Treasure of the Rudras and all that, right? I but, hadn't yet ascended to that tier of like weeb knowledge. Yeah. You know, I'm past it now. But at <laughs> the time I didn't know anything about Japanese exclusives or whatever. Yeah. Um but I even though I did know about Japanese exclusives, I never found out about Fire Emblem okay. before Melee. Right. Um so so this kid was a bigger nerd <laughs> than I was in two thousand and one. Right. This fictional child. Yeah. Very impressed by by this fictional kid. <laughs> But yeah, then then they revealed it. This is a, yeah, this is an upgraded port of the very first Fire right. Emblem game, uh, Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light, and uh, and it's the first English localization of this game. Yeah. Um, 
Like, not of this story. Uh, we right. didn't get Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon for the DS. Yeah, but uh, that back in the game day. was ugly and weird. Yeah. So. Uh, I actually have never played it, uh, partially because you disliked it so much. Like, you, I think, and and at least one of our other friends was like, okay. yeah, that th- th- this is a bad game. Just, like, so much of the joy for me of Fire Emblem is, like, the cool visuals when you, yeah. like, get a critical hit or if you're attacking with a cool spell. And then that game just looks like fucking Clay Fighter or something. Like it just looks so <laughs> bad uh, that I it was just I don't know. It was like an essential part of the experience was missing. Maybe the wrong time to transition to 3D graphics from sprites. Yeah, yeah. whatever they were doing, it was definitely the wrong time. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light. I'm just gonna call it Fire Emblem. Yeah, that's fine. Here, here to four. Uh, Fire Emblem One. Uh, Uses sprites because yeah. it's an NES game. Uh, and yeah, um, they're they're bringing that out. It's coming out December 4th, right. 2020. And, uh, and for some reason, uh, th- this is released, being released for Fire Emblem's like 35th anniversary or something. Not yeah. 35th, but like 25th or maybe? Whatever it is, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's being, yeah, it's being released for an anniversary. 30th, maybe? Maybe 30th anniversary? Anyway, yeah, uh, it's being released for an anniversary, and therefore Nintendo is saying it will be available for a limited time. And that's why I'm not fucking getting it, <laughs> even though I really want it. I'm yeah. not. I'm not supporting this Disney Vault bullshit that Nintendo is starting to engage in, even if it's just me uh, standing against the tide of whatever this is. I'm not supporting it. I'm determined not to support it, no matter how much I want this game, which is a lot. Yeah, you're like I. I, I feel you there, mm-hmm. um, and you know I, I respect your determination <laughs> there. Um, me, I am getting it. That's fair. Um, like, yeah, and I, you know, I, I should say I'm, I'm not throwing. I'm not trying to heap guilt onto people who want to buy this game. This is a decision that I'm making based on my own prerogatives for purchasing games yeah but i'm not fucking doing it yeah because like yeah i don't want to support the weird nintendo vault thing that (laughs) that is that is starting up this year all of a sudden um i i don't want to support that but what i do want to support is um the kind of uh bringing of older games to Mm -hmm. current hardware yeah Uh, i always want to support that and i especially want to support uh the retrieving of old games that never got a localized release right uh and and bringing them out like to a western audience sure no, like, i mean yeah like i i want that so much more <laughs> than i don't want uh this limited release thing which is also something like i also really value the preservation of games yes um and i was going to say like you know i I can definitely appreciate you wanting to support the release of the game for that purpose. Yeah. But then, of course, the problem also is that people later in history will not be able to acquire this game. And so it will still be rare and stupid. Yeah. Like, you'll have to buy a used Switch if you want to get it or whatever. Like, it's just awful. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I just, I, I do really appreciate being able to experience, like, parts of video game history that i didn't have access to in english before yeah i get that uh, and i i highly value that so i will i will be picking it up especially because it's six bucks yeah that's a great price yeah that's an incredible price mm-hmm. that um like yeah that's that's a dollar more than an nes game was on the virtual console <laughs> for the wii like 15 years ago sure yeah that's true 
fuck. Yeah, 15 years ago. That's correct. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Oh, I'm so old. We, yep. We are. <laughs> we sure are. Uh, Old enough to remember when people didn't do limited releases of digital games. What horse shit. Well, when Nintendo didn't, anyway. Oh, they, they, uh, they did that as, like, like I said, they've, they did that in, like, 2009, I want to say. That wasn't too with, far with off. what, they, uh... Uh, the, um, the DSi slash... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the DSi release of, uh, Four Swords Anniversary Edition. Right. Okay. Yeah. I just tend to forget that the DSi existed, so... And they also, there also was some, like, WiiWare Virtual Console stuff that, uh... You know, of course, there's stuff that got delisted, like right. the Donkey Kong Country games and stuff. But there's also stuff that, like, deliberately had uh, maybe not limited time releases, but stuff like you can only get this if you're a Club Nintendo member, okay? And you uh, and you buy it with your Club Nintendo points. Yeah, I mean, I don't like that either, but I like this even less. <laughs> yeah, so you know this. This isn't the strangest thing Nintendo's done, but I, I you know, that doesn't yeah. mean I have to like it or, su- or like, support it, uh, like, you well, I know. mean, so far, they've got you hooked. They're, they've uh, done this with two games recently, and you're buying both of them. Yeah, I haven't bought Mario All-Stars 3D yet. But it's your intention to, right? It is my intention to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that might slip through the cracks because I've I've heard some stuff about how the ports are kind of bad. Yeah, particularly the Galaxy port, I've heard. Like I, you, Oh, you, I, I heard particularly the Sunshine port, because you can't uninvert the controls. Oh, okay. For for Galaxy, um, you, when you collect the little star bits, you mm-hmm. have to do that with the touchscreen. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. That's rough. Mm-hmm. How do you play the game on the TV? I don't know if you do. Oh. That, that doesn't... Doesn't sound right. Maybe, maybe. I, I know that was. I know that that was a complaint. I I don't know if you can play it on TV mode or how that would work. But I know that if you're playing it in handheld mode, you have to use the touchscreen to collect the star bits. Okay. Or I, well, I should say, so I've heard. Right. Because I I do, I don't own this and I won't get it. Yeah. Stay stay tuned for a correction. I guess. Right. Or not. <laughs> if I'm right. If if Sean's right, I guess you'll never hear from us again. Nope. That'll be the end of a smashing theory. <laughs> it's a devil's bargain. Yeah. yeah like I I just say yeah. I don't. I vocally do not support this. Right. But, but I am inadvertently supporting <laughs> this uh, with my wallet in these cases because the the games are cool and uh you know there's various reasons i i want to have access to them even after they have gone right no that know? i mean that is the crux of the matter yeah you exactly know? Like, yeah that's, that's the central yeah it's, uh, it's like yeah if i kernel if, of, of of frustration yeah it's exactly if i put my foot down then i just never get those games yeah um yeah like, especially like, yeah especially because the whole digital thing I guess, like it's it'll be hard to even get those games used, you right? Know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just eating shit right now, basically, because I love Fire Emblem, and I'm not gonna play this because of my own feelings. But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm what, not... what's, what do you think? Where do you think you're gonna fall if they localize Mother Three and it's limited? I'm not gonna buy it, man. That's yeah, that's heartbreaking. Doesn't that suck? Yeah, that sucks that, so much. That sucks because it especially sucks because like let's say that like 
10,000 people like you do the same thing. <laughs> like Nintendo's going to look at that data and they're not going to go, oh, people don't like our limited releases. They're, they're going to go, oh, they didn't like Mother 3. Yeah. We should stop localizing cool shit. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's another one of my big worries, you know, is like if if like I don't buy this because of the limited thing and a lot of people don't buy this because of the limited thing, Nintendo will stop doing cool shit. Like, well, you know, like it's their own fucking fault. Like, if they did a promotion where I could get a localized version of Mother 3 if I ate Shigeru Miyamoto's poop in front of him, <laughs> and then I didn't do that, and they were like, oh, well, it must be because he hates Mother 3. It's their own fucking fault. <laughs> Just because I don't want to eat Shigeru Miyamoto's stanky brown loaf, that does not mean that I don't like Mother 3. I'm taking a stance. <laughs> Shigeru just crosses his arms, <laughs> shakes his head, and he's like, I guess you just hate Mother 3. Well, no Mother 3 for you. In the meantime, you're over there like, oh, can I have seconds, Mr. Miyamoto, please? <laughs> if I eat it again. More please. loaf, sir. <laughs> if I eat it again, will you make a good Chibi Robo game? Yes, but Bowser will be in it and he can't talk. Oh, no. <laughs> Get your loaf away from me. <laughs> oh. oh my god. Anyway. So that's that's a that's a succinct summation of my feeling on this topic, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Uh I uh yeah, like it would be Nintendo's fault, like yes. to be fair. I just like But I but it's I mean it's still a consequence that really happens. Yeah, it's so like, I get I get you, yeah. you know. Yeah, I I get you. I I'm I'm just completely unwilling to engage in this bullshit. Uh, yeah, and I get you too. You know, <laughs> to to be clear, yeah, yeah. I, I totally get where you're coming from there. It's it's a garbage practice, and I, you know, I don't love um, justifying that practice. I don't love <laughs> I don't love participating uh, in that garbage yeah, practice. Yeah. Just yeah, like I'm just kind of picking my battles here. You know, mm-hmm. like kind of weighing what my priority would be in the situation and it keeps falling in in favor of acknowledging the shitty practice and no, eating, that's and eating the loaf that's that's totally <laughs> fair you eat that loaf daniel <laughs> thanks yeah i i just uh like like it's it's so frustrating to me that like for since at least the 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 days of the Wii when my mom was trying to get my brother and I a Wii and she had to go to like six Walmarts and mm-hmm. she kept getting there slightly too late and watching, you know, some suburban woman walk out with two of the last Wiis clutched oh, in her arms. Oh, that's suburban. Like, uh, yeah, those Karens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like from that time forward, I've just had this impression of Nintendo in my mind of like, you know, like either they're doing this kind of hardware scarcity thing intentionally, or they're just terrible at supply chain management. Right. I, but either way, it's really frustrating. Yeah, I've been led to believe over time that it's the second one. <laughs> right. Yeah. But now they're deliberately fucking us over on the software yeah, side. It, yes. And this, there's this even less of an incentive for them to do that. I mean, well, obviously there's an incentive, but you know, it's yeah. like. It's like like I can't even make an excuse anymore, you yeah. know? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just shitty. Yeah. I There's still... no good thing about this except that they get a rush of money in a short period of time. Yeah. I still I still feel like these games will be back, you know? Like I still mm-hmm. feel like either like there'll be another limited run during Mario's 40th anniversary. Right. 
you know, or like just around the end of the Switch's lifespan, they'll just toss those games up permanently. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, because like you know, right? Why, why the fuck not? Until they do that, I'm not about it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel that. I feel you there. Um, I hope you will not hate me when I let you know how Fire Emblem is. I'll, I'll probably be watching you play it. Yeah, I'm sitting there like, oh, fucker, you killed that dragon, you son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> I'll stab that knight in the chest. So that's that's all the news. Yep. Uh. As as you can see, or as you can hear, right? Uh, not uh, not not too much to discuss. <laughs> no. So thank you, everyone who sent us listener mail. Yeah. Let's open that up. Uh, let's not literally open it up. Oh, I'm reaching in. <laughs> <laughs> Get your hand out of there. I pulled out the first letter. Who's no. it from, Daniel? I can't read. <laughs> oh, now you can't read. No, just I can't read these invisible letters. <laughs> Fucking give me that. <laughs> Here. Thank you. Yep. John Ojo 01 on Twitter mm-hmm. says... I think it's John Jojo. No, it's John Ojo. Oh, okay. Then it's spelled wrong on the outline. Uh, fuck. <laughs> John Ojo 01 uh-huh. on Twitter says, You are both talking about the new Minecraft level. Like, Pac-Land doesn't exist. <laughs> the Minecraft level does look bad, but it is an extremely distant second when it comes to ugly stages. <laughs> Pac-Land looks like something I tried to draw in Windows Paint when I was seven. <laughs> Side note, do you think Steve unpicks his pockets, or does he not know he can do that? Un- unpicks? I don't, I don't know. Do you think Steve unpicks his, his pockets? pockets? I was hoping you'd know what that meant. Um... I know. I'm. I'm not sure. Does he not know he can do Un- that? Unpick his pockets. I'm not sure what that means. Yeah. Well. Anyway. Well, maybe John Jojo can correct us. John, John Ojo. Ojo, excuse me, can correct us. There'll <laughs> be incorrections. Yeah. Well, thanks. Either way, for the listener mail. Yes. Um. Packland pa- pa- is ugly. Packland pa- is ugly. It's also ugly in a way that I appreciate. <laughs> you know. Like, I, I again, just kind of like the way it clashes in a weird way. I wouldn't go as far as to say that I appreciate it. I think what I like about Pac-Land is just kind of like the scrolling and the interesting things that happen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it does look bad. IMO. Hmm? It does look bad. Oh, it does. IMO. I thought you said it doesn't for a second. Oh, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. It does look bad. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I like Minecraft, I think. I think it manages to pull that off in an appealing way, but I know I'm, uh, I I don't I don't know whether or not I'm in the minority on that. Honestly, <laughs> you're in but... the minority in this room because my body is larger than yours. <laughs> That's not how that works. <laughs> hey, come on, it's it's like the House of Representatives, right? <laughs> I'm a lot. I've got more stuff in me, <laughs> therefore I get more representation in Congress. <laughs> oh. Is... <laughs> Is that why? Is this is that why the Republicans are all the the tallest people there? <laughs> I don't even know if that's. True. I I don't either actually. Yeah. Hey, well, here's a weird thing that is true. Um, you know James Comey, the guy who released that letter that tanked Hillary Clinton's chances of becoming president in 2016. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's he's six eight. He's as tall as I am. Oh, yeah. Oh, guess he's also tanking balls into the hoop on the court 
I mean, maybe. I don't know. Duncan learning how to dunk from his pal Shaq. Because if you are a certain height, you have to be friends with other tall men. That's true. And we all have to play basketball. Yeah. I had a tall man encounter the other day. I was at Walgreens during my lunch break at work. And somebody came up to me and asked me how tall I was. And then if I played basketball when I was in high school. And that actually hadn't happened in a while. Yeah. Um, but uh, it used to be an almost daily occurrence. Thanks, John Ojo, for the listener mail. Yeah, thanks. I'm tall. <laughs> Koopa Kirby on Twitter says, Inkling and Steve have shield specials. Terry has a back special. <laughs> what if other characters had these inputs? This is not a serious, necessary question to answer. <laughs> well, thanks anyway. We're Koopa answering Kirby. it. Yeah. Do you? Do you sit have down, one? Koopa Kirby, and listen <laughs> do with you, your ears? Do you have an answer for this? Uh, you could take Samus and make her bomb a special input, and then give her a cooler down special. Oh, okay. Yeah, like maybe... Or maybe she could just turn into Morph Ball form by using a special input and roll around. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. I was thinking maybe, like, maybe some of the more complex RPG characters can have, <laughs> can have something, right? Uh-huh. Like Shulk, if you if you do a shield special, like, uh, I don't know, he'll, he'll use a Monado art he doesn't have access to, or maybe, like... Maybe like one of his teammates from the game will like huh. hop in as kind of an assist. That's cool. Yeah. What what I was thinking just from a kind of a practicality standpoint is like maybe if you do that, he'll just instantly use the last Monado art you used. Ooh, I like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's cool. Nice little quality of life upgrade for, for Shulk. And then Melia can just show up and go, summon copy while he does it. Yeah. He's copying his well, I'm from Monado Doctor art. Who. <laughs> I'm really famous now. I still came back for the the DLC. Yes. The epilogue. That was nice of me. It was. Thank goodness. Yes. Daniel's worried. Ah, well, Daniel, you don't have to worry anymore. I'm Melia. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, Melia. Goodbye. Oh, come back. She's gone. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) maybe she'll be back in Xenoblade 3. (laughs) Thanks, Koopa Kirby. <laughs> I hope we answered your question in a satisfying way. <laughs> I We absolutely did. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Uh, Turkey Legs on oh, Twitter. Nice name. Dude, I, wish with, I, I wish I had some of your name right now. <laughs> Turkey Legs with a Z. Yeah. Uh, provided some, some things for, for us to predict. Ooh. Yeah, Turkey Legs says, uh, the next direct, what the next fall update of Animal Crossing will be. <laughs> If Smash characters dress up for Halloween, what would they be? <laughs> uh, so, next direct. I think this is a good question. Okay. Um, so, as you know, like, from August to September, I kept going, next episode, barring any big Nintendo <laughs> news, will be a prediction episode right. for, for a fall 2020 Nintendo Direct, which I think will happen. Mm-hmm. I no longer think we're getting like a big fall 2020 Nintendo Direct. Oh. Yeah, I uh I feel like like the Steve announcement mm-hmm. and like Fire Emblem like suddenly popping up on a random Thursday, mm-hmm. I think any big announcement Nintendo will have to make, they're just going to scatter through the rest of the year. Okay. Uh any 2020 related announcement, right. they're just going to scatter through the rest of the year. 
Um, and like third party stuff, they'll continue to put in partner showcases okay. throughout 2020. Um, I, I think there's maybe a chance that we'll get one like this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but also maybe they'll kind of start November with it. Okay, cool. Um, but it, it does kind of feel like partner showcases will try to be roughly monthly for the mm. rest of 2020. Um, especially because we still don't know when Bravely Default 2 is coming out. Right. And they're still pretending that it's going to come <laughs> out in 2020. That feels impossible at this point. Uh-huh. Uh, but like, I feel like we are going to get a, a partner showcase in the next few weeks that will confirm that really default is delayed mm-hmm. to like early 2021 and actually give us that release date okay that makes sense uh speaking of some of our other partner showcase predictions have also just unceremoniously gotten delayed <laughs> outside of partner showcases uh-huh. um like apex legends right uh is is coming to pc this year mm-hmm. but the switch version has been delayed to 2021 okay. they've confirmed that it's going to be cross play with every other system and that's have, and cool. have and have parity there yeah wow yeah okay um so that's rad but they do they do need more time to pull off that technical feat <laughs> yeah uh i think we mentioned before that no more heroes got delayed already no more heroes 3 right yes we did uh yeah. digimon survive has been delayed to 2021 oh poor it, daniel yeah and it's not even like early 2021 it's like it's like we're delayed to 2021 stay tuned for more news in spring 2021 oh yeah that shit's coming out in 2022 <laughs> it's coming out in 2021 <laughs> but like Summer at the earliest, yeah. That's and I'm, rough. I'm getting like fall 2021 vibes. Mm. Oh my my heart, man! It it aches. Maybe Agumon will come over and patch your heart up. Just hello, Daniel. I'm Agumon. <laughs> he just licks your heart with his with baby reptilian tongue. Let's let's move on. You know so much about Digimon. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm a font of Digi knowledge. But anyway, yeah, what I think is that we're not getting a actual big old Nintendo Direct, but we might get, um, for example, I think we might get a Zelda Direct sometime in November. Okay, that gives us more Age of Calamity news, and then also makes like a couple Zelda announcements. All right. Um. My guesses are that uh, Skyward Sword HD mm-hmm. is real. Okay. And that'll come out like spring, summer 2021. Cool. Maybe even like January, February 2021. That'd be Ooh. dope. Yeah. Um, like February or March 2021. Uh, and that will, that will kind of kick off a Zelda anniversary celebration okay right zelda's 35th anniversary and the the and maybe there'll be some other like small little zelda thing sure like yeah just just something like a like maybe another 2d remake or mm-hmm. or uh or just like kind of a, a small like cute little spin-off uh maybe like zelda 35 or whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) right like like the mario one yeah yeah. like the mario one yeah uh but that will be a zelda thing 
that has a limited release. Of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to predict that, that they're going, like, in this hypothetical Zelda Direct, there's going to be some kind of cool Zelda thing that's also going to be limited release, and Ugh. you will cry. And Link will just stab me in the eyes <laughs> with his sword. And then they'll finish off the Direct with, like, some kind of teaser trailer for... Breath of the Wild 2. Right. That might actually have the game's real name. Mm. And then just 2021. Okay. Uh just at the end, just the just the number 2021. <laughs> and then it will come out on December 31st. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they'll aim for November 2021 and they might delay it to 2022 later that year. Right. But uh but yeah, I I think maybe they'll kind of Give give us some some taste of a Zelda anniversary plan. Maybe, all maybe, right. Maybe they'll wait to do that to next year. Sure. But also, they need to actually explain some more Age of Calamity <laughs> stuff to us before that game comes out. Yes. So that would make sense to do in a Zelda Direct, I think. Okay. Oh, maybe they'll reveal the Zelda mobile game. That'd be interesting. Yeah that that was apparently in the works like years ago, and we right. haven't seen it yet. Yeah, they could have been quietly canceled at this point. Sure, I mean, they're just probably still raking in the cash from Fire Emblem Heroes or whatever. Yeah, like, that's that's kind of been their one actual big mobile <laughs> success. Right. Outside of Pokemon Go, obviously. Yeah. Um, Like, I don't get the impression that Dr. Mario on mm. uh, mobile or, like, Mario Kart Tour or whatever yeah. are doing nearly as well as Heroes or Pokemon Go. Same. Yeah. Uh, we'll get those small directs at best through the rest of 2020, and then January 2021, they'll give us just a big honking Nintendo Direct, like a cool, like a yeah, just a just one where it's like, hey, so COVID sucks, <laughs> but here is like our our mind blowing game plan for 2021. <laughs> we have so many awesome games for you. Some were supposed to come out last year, uh, but now you're getting the games we had planned for 2021 and the games we had planned for 2020. Uh, get hope your, your pants are buckled in because they might fall off. <laughs> uh, why, you, why would they fall off? Daniel? Cause you'll be jumping around so much and you always buy pants that are a size too big. Okay. You little weirdo. I thought maybe you were going somewhere else with that. No, it's just big pants. Okay. Where else could you go? Sean? Well, Sean, sure. you, Sean, you actually play Animal Crossing. What? Uh, I mean, I did too, but I haven't in a while. Yeah. Fall update. What? What do you think is going to happen? I think that you'll be able to get like decorations that have to do with kind of like leaves and shit. Like they've already added. Um, you can now shake trees to get like pine cones and acorns and oh, make cool. make cool little festive fall things. Mm-hmm. I think they'll expand that and just give you a lot more furniture items. And maybe there'll be like a turkey NPC that walks around, and you know, I is, don't know isn't you there recipes. isn't there already a turkey NPC in the in the Animal Crossing canon? I mean, maybe there just isn't presently in New Horizons, right? Yeah, yeah. I I, th- I think there is an Animal Crossing New Leaf and stuff. So maybe okay. maybe Turkey will maybe, maybe, make a maybe Mr. Gobbles will come back. I think it's Ms. Gobbles. Maybe Ms. Gobbles will gobble on back. Yeah, that's my prediction. No, nothing mind blowing. All right, yeah, it, it feels like nothing mind blowing is kind of a, a decent mo for for Animal Crossing updates this year. I liked their summer stuff. I liked their summer that was stuff cool. too. Yeah, um, but I I think that like if there's going to be kind of a big update with a lot of interesting stuff going on, it'll be the you know winter slash Christmas one. Oh yeah, I'm assuming that'll be a big deal. That makes sense. 
And uh, give, give me two Smash character Halloween costumes. Okay. Ness goes as Frisk from Undertale. Wow. Okay, that's that's phenomenal. <laughs> Thanks. That's great. Okay, I didn't think you'd like that one. I love that, it that much. Yeah. All right, cool. No, I I don't think I'll be able to top that. That's wow. really that's really clever. That's All really right. cute. I like cool. that a lot. Um, and then I will say that uh... <laughs> this this just popped into my head. It's really stupid that Bowser dresses as Princess Peach. Not not like the version that was popular on the internet. <laughs> Just like Bowser in a wig with like lipstick on his weird face in a dress. All right. I can't win them all, Daniel. You sure can't, Sean. <laughs> all right, you give me two. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of blanking right now. Like that frisk one was really good. <laughs> Thanks. Um, like Mario and Luigi dressing up as each other is the ah, best I got. That's that's a good one. Yeah. Um. That's uh, two costumes. Moving, <laughs> moving on. I'm just imagining like Luigi is like you know he's actually doing the like oh it's a me Mario. He's like trying, and then Mario's <laughs> just like standing there grinning stupidly while wearing Luigi's clothes. <laughs> like no effort of imitating his brother. It's like the Paper Mario versions of them. <laughs> yeah, good. Um. <laughs> Wario just like. He's in a giant onion suit. <laughs> yes, just like it's just yes. a big onion with his with a cutout uh, in the middle for, for his, his face. face. Yeah. yeah, and then just his legs are poking out. Yeah, and like <laughs> and like his legs are like no pants. You can just tell that he's like not wearing anything beneath the onion costume. And then he runs into like Toad, and Toad's like, "Wow, you even smell like an onion." He's like, "That's just how I smell." <laughs> then Toad faints. Uh, our, our bits leave something desired tonight. <laughs> okay, I think we covered all that. Thanks, turkey legs. Yeah, thanks. Those answers had some legs, turkey legs. Appreciate it. Sorry about Sean. Appreciate those legs, turkey. Alphathetical on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, Alphathetical. Welcome back. Says, it'd be cool for you guys to do a somewhat in-depth what are we playing and how do we like it segment <laughs> i used to love listening to that on play this ah i appreciate you play this fan <laughs> you and your five other people <laughs> <laughs> yeah i loved um, recording that podcast it, it was it was fun it was it was way too much work but, oh yeah yeah i think i say this every time we bring right. play this basically yeah just not really much of a return on the investment there yeah oh I'm, i might just be having legit deja vu right now oh yep yep yeah just just this this uh this hasn't happened before but my mind does the thing where it's I happened see. yeah yeah well, yeah, not really much of a return on investment there. <laughs> Whoa, it's like you've said that before. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I I love doing that. So Me too. Sean and I, we've both been playing a decent chunk of games. Yes. Uh, why don't we each give like a little shout out sure. to, to two games each, and then we can kind of do a quasi-in-depth <laughs> on one game of our choosing per okay. person. Um, so my shout-outs... Mm-hmm. Uh, I've picked Duel Links back up. Nice. Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. Uh, they put a new uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Zexal world in. Uh, they added Xyz summoning. 
which lets you like stack uh monsters on top of each other to make a cooler monster. Right. Um and uh and yeah, I'm 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 hooked again. I'm playing all the events. <laughs> uh and it's it's like I'm back home. It's it's nice. yeah, it's it's nice. Uh, you Duel Links was boring for like a year, so I dropped out. But it's uh, it's less boring again. I'm I'm having fun. I'm glad that you get to have that back in your life. Yeah. Um. Second shout out. I'm still playing Hades. It's incredible. Uh, <laughs> cool. I love Hades. I feel like I'm close to like quote beating unquote the game. Okay. Like I've already like be I've already like done several runs successfully. Right. Yeah. I've had several successful runs in that game, but I think like I'm. I'm approaching some kind of conclusion, and I'm excited about that. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that game's so good. Yeah, I actually, I thought about just impulse buying it earlier today because you were playing it and cool stuff was happening. I resisted, but I could definitely still see my picking myself picking it up down the line. Nice. Yeah, that'd be cool because I feel like I, I got a vibe that it will be present during Game of the Year discussion oh, in January of or February. So yeah, if you picked it up, that'd be pretty cool, actually. Okay. Yeah, no, no pressure, obviously. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'll keep that in mind. I mean, it's not, it's not like expensive. It's like twenty five bucks, I think. So that's that's fine. Yeah, might even be like twenty, or maybe I, it was I, maybe it was twenty at launch. And now right. It's yeah, I think yeah. it's twenty five now. Yeah. yeah. But still. Yeah, that's still worth it. Even so, I mean, yeah, I've, yeah, I've spent more on fast food. You have when I'm really hungry. Yeah, you have. It's like once a week. In the, in, in the <laughs> well, that's that, I mean, that's only because of the delivery fees on Uber Eats. Yeah. Oh. Those are those are some big some big dollar boys. Yeah, spicy nuggets over here. My <laughs> main game pick that I will allow myself to speak a little more about yeah. is I finally grabbed my physical copy of the Switch version of Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. Okay, and turn that bad boy on <laughs> to show to my fiance Amy Lee, mm-hmm. and also to just kind of finally play that sucker. Sure. Uh, myself being a man that loved Link's Awakening for the Game Boy when it came out. Yes. And, uh, and to this day calls it his favorite Zelda game. Right. Uh. You changed, uh, sort of narration perspectives there a couple times in an interesting way. <laughs> like, I myself played it and he still thinks of it as his favorite Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> well. What's gonna happen next? The man known as Daniel <laughs> continued to play the Zelda. Well, okay, so, so yeah, I played Zelda: Link's Awakening. Yeah, uh, for the Nintendo Switch. Yes, yeah. and uh, I basically beat the forest part. Right, I'm about to get to the first dungeon. Nice, and it's it's hard to articulate succinctly how I feel about this game. <laughs> um, it's it's nice to be back in the setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's things about it that are very cute. Yeah. Um, I was never a big fan of the aesthetic that they picked. I get why they picked it. Sure. Um, but, uh, like... I love it, but we do often clash on aesthetic <laughs> choices in games. Like, it's it's not that it's, like, not cute. I just, like... Yeah, I'd, I'd, I don't know. I, I would have loved it if it just looked like... If it just looked more like the promotional art of Link's Awakening. Sure. You know? Um, like, if they just brought that to life. Because that's how Link's Awakening looked in seven-year-old Daniel's head, you know? <laughs> sure, sure. And, like, and instead they're like, oh, what if Link's Awakening was a little clay doll? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And like, yeah, it's not that it doesn't work. It's, it's, uh, you just would have appreciated a bolder choice. I would have appreciated a bolder choice. That's a great way to put it. Also, um, and, and on top of that, like the, the opening, right? The mm-hmm. animated opening of Link's Awakening yeah. looks exactly how I would have loved <laughs> that entire game to look. Uh-huh. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yes. And then, and then it looks like that for the rest of the whole game. Yeah. And, uh, and also like the, I guess the ways they decided to not, upgrade the experience for the remake Mm -hmm. keep sticking out more than the ways that they have okay you know like there's a couple of quality of life things that are nice uh you can equip more weapons and items at a time yes twice Uh, as many yeah twice well really almost three times as many oh uh because in the original game boy game um you know there were two equipment slots Mm -hmm. and you would have to decide whether or not you wanted your sword to be in one of those slots. (laughs) Right. In Link's Awakening, the sword just has its own dedicated button. Right. You don't have to equip it to a slot and then you have two equipment slots on top of that. Oh, uh, actually four times as Ah. many, uh, because the sword has its own dedicated button. The shield has Uh its own dedicated button and then you can like, and then you have two slots for a, another two like equipable items. Right. Um. Yeah, because the shield was another thing that you have to decide whether or not that took up the A or B button. <laughs> and, um. Yeah. So there's there's nice little changes like that, mm-hmm. right? But it's it's so it's so simple. Like yeah. They they did not upgrade the way the narrative was presented at all no they 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 were definitely like whatever the opposite of reinventing the wheel is that's what they did yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah they just kept the same exact wheel like look at it buy this wheel for 60 dollars. we shined it with (laughs) polish kind of the polish is a little weird actually (laughs) only if you're daniel (laughs) (laughs) if (laughs) if you are a single person listening see the (laughs) That does not adore <laughs> the aesthetic of Link's Awakening for the Switch. The, prob- the problem is that I'm just looking at the polish and going like, oh yeah, that's a nice polish. That wheel's really sparkling. And then you've got your nose pressed up against it and you're smelling it. And you're like, this <laughs> smells bad. <laughs> I thought it would smell floral. <laughs> Most polish does smell bad, just FYI. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm I'm the smell guy, so I'm just letting you know. Right. Only you can smell. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I've been doing all the smelling for you in, in all these years of our friendship. So I'm Yeah, I, I don't know how I got around before I met you. Yeah. Who's wandering around in a smellless <laughs> with, world. With with your eyes, mouth, and hands, presumably, just, but just not going, your nose. Just going, Mom, what does that smell like? And then she'd go, I can't smell either. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one man who can smell, and you won't meet him for another ten years. <laughs> Francis is French for can't smell. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Don't uh, think that's a French name, by the way. I actually but, don't know the etymology of Francis. Really? I, I was thought it was Franck. Like, yeah, for, you know, Fran- Francis is in Franck. Franky. Well, next time on Corrections, we can go to Ancestry.com. <laughs> yeah, you can do that on your own out. time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's Link's Awakening is, is kind of bothering me in a lot of ways, actually, because like with this new technology, they really should be able to like 
make so much stuff about Link's Awakening cooler, mm-hmm. and instead, like, it's it just manages to seem a bit worse. Like, Link's Awakening, right? Yeah. Uh, was a game that was made with a lot of technical limitations. Yes. And they found different cool ways to work with those technical limitations. Mm-hmm. One of those things being that... Uh, you know, you could only really show so much on a screen at a time. Right. Uh, so they did the thing where, like, where the game was just broken up into a series of screens. You move to the left and you right. enter another screen. You move up and you and you enter another screen. And they did very cool visual things with that, mm-hmm. right? Like the sequence in the forest, right? Yeah. There's one screen is just, like, a part of the forest with a raccoon in it. You you start to move up, and the raccoon's like, ha-ha, now you're gonna be lost! And then you, like, and then you go up, and you're, like, you're in this part of the forest that feels completely different and strange, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then, like, you know, you explore other parts of it. You walk, you walk into another screen, and you find a fairy fountain. And the Switch version, just everything's on one screen. Yeah. And it's, and, like, that sequence just fell very flat, like... Now, now, like, now you go to move up when the raccoon's there. He's like, you're going to be lost. And it teleports you. Yeah. It, like, uh, which is, which, A, has less of a visual effect. And then later you're walking around and you just kind of, like, walk into, like, just a fairy fountain in, like, the corner of the forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of it feeling like its own, like, special grove. It's just like, hi, I'm here in this weird corner. <laughs> like, uh, like, the the game... The Switch version kind of just makes you realize how small... Yeah, Koholint is. Yeah, yeah. and, like, just how, like, how badly organized <laughs> uh, parts of the setting are when it's just all laid out, mm-hmm. like, in one room, basically. Sure. Yeah, I get that. Um, yeah, like... Like suddenly, like you you broaden the scope of how much of an area of colon you can see, and you realize it makes no sense. It only <laughs> made sense when it was a series of small screens, right, right. Um, and that kind of like breaks kind of some of the immersion for me. Okay. Um, the voices are cute. Uh, all the characters have like little ho ho. Right. Ah! Yes. Uh, Marin sings when mm-hmm. uh, like you actually hear a human voice singing the windfish song, and that. That did get me a little bit still. I still cool. do love that. Um, but yeah, I think um, I think they had two choices, really. One, uh, they had two choices that would have been good. One is to literally just port the original Game Boy game mm-hmm. like onto the Switch, like no changes, just this, just <laughs> just just the same game emulated on the Switch, yeah, right, like just put basically put onto a virtual like as a virtual console entry, basically. Mm-hmm. They could have done that, or they could have completely overhauled Link's Awakening into a new game with completely different mechanics. And what they chose was something in the middle, and I don't like it, okay, very much. Uh, maybe maybe it'll grow on me, sure. Maybe I'll get used to the stuff that feels weird right now, and maybe some of the best parts of the the original game will still hit real good yeah. when I get to those points in the Switch version. But right now, man, I was really excited about this, and I'm just finding myself uh, vastly preferring the original version and feeling like kind of like a grumpy old man. I, I think that 
I mean, first of all, I think that you actually haven't been that excited about it since you first saw what the game would look like in the trailer. Like, mm. I remember you reacting negatively to that, and I've been assuming ever since then, like, he's going to play this and he's not going to like it. <laughs> uh, and so far, that's borne out. But I think that we're kind of on almost two sides of the same coin. Like, I also think that it's a weird adaptation of the game. Yeah. And I think that, for me, it's because, like, there are so many ways that the this remake cleaves really closely to the original game yeah. in terms of kind of the feel of it and even like the dialogue and stuff Yeah, yeah. that when it diverges, it feels weird. Yeah. It's like if you were going to commit this much to just doing a 3d remake of this game, I wish that you had taken more care to make it even more identical to the original yes, release. Yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Like, if it was, li- like, if they just kept, like, the sc- the screen exactly, thing, yeah. yeah, that would have felt less weird to me. Mm-hmm. I would have liked that more, I think. Yeah, but this definitely, like, looking at Coholent, you know, as you do in the remake, it is kind of look- like looking at, like, a weird diorama of Coholent. It doesn't really yeah. feel like a lived-in world. Yeah. So I definitely get you and, from the, that perspective. Yeah, and I am like I'm honestly doing my best to give this game a fair shake. Sure. Even even with what I've said about the aesthetic. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like I like I still I still turn this game on. I was still looking forward to experiencing the story, even mm-hmm. if that would not have been my visual decision, right? Yeah. Um but like yeah, all the things that I'm disliking are unrelated to sure. the aesthetic. They're yeah, they're they're the things that I said. And and uh, you know, just to say a couple of nice things about the game, uh I really like it's been really fun to just be reminded of what a weird game this is. It, yeah, like, yeah. Like you go into a room, you talk on a real telephone to somebody that's in the game for some reason. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're walking around and talking to people who kind of seem to have this almost meta awareness that they're in a very strange place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've I've kind of enjoyed revisiting those aspects of the game. I, I do love that uh that the characters now have names displayed. Yes, that's cool. Uh there's there's a weird like grandmotherly character <laughs> uh in the first village that you start it out in who just says Yahoo right. and, uh before she says the rest of her sentence and it turns out her name is grandma yahoo yeah great. and uh, yeah that's the best part great of the game name. so far yeah <laughs> yeah best part of Link's awakening is grandma yahoo i also i um i think that the arrangements of the music are really high quality um mm-hmm. although just like you know when i would play this game on the game boy i would kind of imagine what it would sound like if it was orchestrated right yeah it, which is something that i do and um, I, I guess just because it's set on an island, I always kind of imagined it being more tropical. Uh-huh. Um, like, you know, maybe having, like, bongos for percussion under the town theme or something. Sure. Like, some menacing steel drums in the forest. Okay. Um, and instead, it's just kind of, like, standard fantasy stuff. You yeah. Know, it's, it's well done, but it's, yeah. I yeah. wish they'd taken more risks there, too, I guess. I, I agree with that. Like, yeah, the, the remastered music has been, like, the... The remade music has been fine, but mm-hmm. it hasn't blown my socks off. And on the original Game Boy, some of these tracks blew my socks off. Oh yeah, yeah. No, there's there is some music that slaps. In yeah, that game. they really pushed the Game Boy sound card. Yes. Uh, yeah. I love when a composer just goes so hard that you can t- that it's almost like the soundtrack is trying to burst out of the console, like yeah. the alien in Aliens. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, like uh, whenever I come across a game like that, it just makes me feel special yeah inside i i do also i would also like to acknowledge that there are very few games 
that I have more nostalgia for <laughs> than Link's Awakening. Yeah, for and sure. There is a, like there is a a legitimate chance that I am going to be blinded <laughs> by that nostalgia when I'm playing this game. Yeah, and that even if this game is incredible, mm-hmm. my love of the original will not be able to like will not allow this game to usur- usurp it in any yeah, way. That's you know? that's totally it's, fair. Yeah, like there's. I, I feel like I'm generally able to be pretty objective, like, when I experience mm-hmm. games, right? And I'm able to kind of analyze what's good about something and what's not. But, like, Link's Awakening, it's incredibly <laughs> impossible that sure. that could be an exception. And I I just will love the Game Boy version yeah. just so blindly that, that that might affect my experience with the Switch version. No, I, I mean, think, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'd feel the same way if they did, like, an Earthbound remake and it was in 3D. You know, yeah, I'm sure yeah. I'd feel, I would I would have trouble staying objective, so I See, get, yeah. that, if they did the clay aesthetic for that, <laughs> uh, I would love that shit. Yeah, I think it'd be, I think that would really suit it, yeah. Yeah, like, because that's, that is what the promotional art for it looked like. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> So what what they'll do is they'll make the Earth <laughs> look like an anime, instead. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or just like hyper realistic, you know? <laughs> it'll it'll look like Uncharted. <laughs> Ness is just voiced by Nolan North. <laughs> hey, I'm Ness. We're gonna knock over this convenience store <laughs> and steal the Aztec treasure inside. That's a great Nolan North impression. Come on, Paula. I sound just like. <laughs> North. <laughs> Sean, Sean, talk about your games. Okay. Uh, so I've been playing Breath of the Wild finally. Ah. I picked that up. Uh, rather, Daniel picked that up for me at his at his work. Yeah. Uh, for a price that was much less than what you would be able to get for it on the online store. So that was nice. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm only like two hours in at this point. Like I'm off right. Tutorial Island and I've just gotten to Kakariko Village and talked to Impa. That's where I'm at. Right. And I really like it so far. Um, I, it's fascinating to me how there are all these elements of it that are not very Zelda-like. Mm-hmm. Like kind of getting all these crafting components and having this big open world that I can explore at my leisure, you know, um... And uh, having to, like, catch and tame horses and stuff. Like, there's all this new, almost, like, Red Dead Redemption stuff that's in the game. And yet it still feels so much like a Zelda game. Yeah. Like, when you're talking to people, it's like, yes, this is how a character would speak in Zelda. Oh, there's Beetle. Like, whatever. <laughs> um, You know, they really nail that. Even when I'm, like, kind of you know, in one of those weird dungeons to get the orb that lets me upgrade my shit. Like that feels very Zelda E. Yeah. Uh, the story so far, you know, kind of the way it's being told aside from the voice acting, which is bad. The voice acting's bad. I actually switched it to Japanese. That's, that's not a, an unwise decision. Yeah. yeah um, I, I just because I, I got to the point where like on tutorial Island, you find out the old man's true identity. Uh-huh. He's like, yes, I really am this person. Now I'm going to tell you the story of why you're here. It's like, all right, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I've heard enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, on on balance, the game feels very Zelda-y, and I'm enjoying myself so far. I'm looking forward to diving into it more. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for you to do that, too. Cool. Because uh, that was definitely like kind of an omission from your... 
through oh, your yeah. Nintendo Switch experience. Absolute yeah. sin that I had not played that up to now. Uh, <laughs> and the same is certainly true for Mario Odyssey, which I also have not played. Right. One day I'll play it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if it ever gets sold to where you work and then I can get it for $5. I, I'm, I'm realizing now that it did get sold to where I work <sighs> and, it, and it didn't occur to me to be like, hey, do you want me to try to get this for you for cheap? That's okay. Yeah. Our, yeah. our, our store actually made money on it instead. So Maybe it'll happen again one day. It could. Yeah. Someday. Uh, the second game I'm going to talk about is Pedal Crash, Ooh. which is a puzzle game that I got for the Switch, just on a complete whim. I saw it, thought it looked cute, and I got it. And uh, it's basically like, it's it's done in kind of a very Game Boy color, but in 1080p aesthetic. Right. Like, you have the widescreen, but it's still very much that kind of look and feel, and the music is done in the same style. And the the sort of idea of the game is that you have these multicolored blocks on a grid. Fortunately, it's very colorblind friendly. Like each block has a distinct pattern uh, that really helps me identify which one's which. And you can kind of slide them uh, horizontally or vertically on kind of a T-axis. And if one block slides into another block of the same kind, then they disappear. And they kind of explode in such a way that any blocks that are next to them then get pushed along the axis in whichever direction makes the most sense. Hmm. So you're able to kind of do these combos where you like blow up two blocks and then one block slides into another block and those blow up and that sets off a chain that slides two blocks this way and that way and they oh, blow up. Oh, that sounds kind of fun. It's yeah. really satisfying. Once I got it down, um, like I, I had a really good time setting those up. And you have kind of like eight to ten turns before more blocks grow in because the idea is that it's like kind of plant themed. Okay. So you have to kind of balance like setting up these combos with like not having them ruined by the new blocks that come in, you know, kind of blocking your path. Mm -hmm. And then also if you're doing the story mode, you're kind of competing against other characters who can send blocks your way. Uh. Um, And yeah, it's just like a really solid puzzle game with an unexpectedly great story mode. I think it's like $15. If that sounds interesting to you, absolutely pick it up. (laughs) (laughs) Did I get it in the time limit? Was that too much? (laughs) It was probably too much. Okay. I love Pedal Crash. (laughs) Breath of the Wild was also more than I was expecting you to Like, yeah, that's that's okay. You you can talk like a relatively same amount about your three games. (laughs) Okay, cool. Instead of like a little about two and a lot about three. That sounds good. Yeah. Uh, and the third game I've been playing lately is 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim for the PS4. Right. Cool fucking game. Yeah. Uh, it's made by Vanillaware, who are the Odin Sphere team, uh, and the Muramasa the Demon Blade team, Dragon's Crown. Yeah. Just, like, generally kind of, like, very lushly and beautifully hand-animated 2D games. Yeah. And this one is a little outside of their wheelhouse. It's a visual novel slash real-time strategy game. Yeah. Where you play as a group of 13 high schoolers who develop the ability to summon massive mecha. And so on the one hand, you're kind of playing as these 13 kids and trying to figure out why you have this power and what's going on. Where Who are these enemies that keep coming, that showing up that you have to stop with the mecha? Um, and you're kind of like navigating these relationships with each other. And then on the other hand, you're doing these big bombastic battles in Japan where you're fighting off this enemy force using your mecha. And it, the 
it's just so great and so up my alley. Like, I love kind of solving the mysteries of this story, which gets wacky as fuck in a really cool way as you progress. Mm. And then I also really enjoy doing the battles, which are, they're not quite real-time strategy because, like, basically every character has kind of like sort of like an AP bar that fills up over time. And once it mm. fills up all the way, they can act okay. and then it like freezes. So you can choose what you want to do. So like real time with pause. Though. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's basically like active time battle. Okay. Um, and uh, so there's all these great moments where like you have a bunch of stuff charging up and you're just watching, you know, hundreds of enemies come toward you. And then you have kind of a period of time where you're like, okay, I can, I can, tactically decide what i'm going to do and kind of plan out you know it's very satisfying i think and you kind of go back and forth between doing those two things and sometimes you have to clear mech battles to unlock story parts and sometimes you know clearing story parts like unlocks other parts of the story it's right. just kind of very interconnected and oh if you like sci-fi if you like mechs <laughs> if you like visual novels uh, pick it up pick it up pick it up it's so good uh those are my games. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you liked that. Yeah, me too. Daniel, play 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. Oh, yeah, I want to. I, God, I got. I was so anxious listening to you the whole time because, like, I'm trying to go into the game as blind as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and I am really excited to play it. Good. I just, yeah, I just got got a lot on the plate right now, both <laughs> both both outside of video games and like within yes. like my actual video game backlog physically mentally and spiritually <laughs> yes i got a lot going on my dude uh but thank you alphabetical yeah, yeah thanks. we we do love talking about uh the video games we've played yeah uh fun fact actually uh sean just beat undertale i did that's true yeah thanks to our patrons and uh and pretty soon we're going to be recording kind of a post-mortem where we where he and i talk about the game together yeah it's kind of sort of play this yeah it'll kind of sort of be play this and we'll be putting that episode because uh because sean played it thanks to our patrons we'll be putting up on our patreon patreon.com slash beat boop group at all pledge levels uh, once we've once we've recorded that episode, yeah. So even a dollar, yeah. So even yeah, even if you give us a buck, you can listen to what Sean thinks about Undertale, <laughs> which will be an entertaining discussion indeed. Yes. Uh, thanks, Alphabetical. Yeah, thanks. S J, on Twitter, mm-hmm. says worst games you guys have ever played. <laughs> I saw that SJ asked this on Twitter, and I've been thinking about it ever since. Yeah. It's Um, a hard question to answer, kind of. It is, because the worst games I've ever played are probably stuff that I, like, got played for five minutes and then returned because it was so bad. Right. Like, it wouldn't have made a super memorable impression on me. Yeah. And so then I started thinking, like, well, what are the games that made me the angriest? Uh Uh-huh. Like, you know, maybe I played them for a while, but I was like, God, this sucks. I can't believe I'm still doing this. Um, but I didn't just want to talk about Pokemon Let's Go Eevee for this answer. <laughs> so uh, I, after really reflecting on it, I think probably like a game that was bad and I knew it was bad, but nevertheless, I invested a lot of time in it would be um, there was a port of Rampage for the Game Boy, huh. like the original Game Boy. Uh, you like spawn in as one of the three monsters. The music is the same on every single level and every level is just like a series of nondescript buildings and little military men shooting at you. Like there's almost no variety. 
um, you know, not good, but I like every road trip, you know, anytime we had to drive across the state of Florida to visit my grandparents, I was playing Rampage. I don't know why. That was a bad game. Uh, maybe the worst game I've ever played. Wow. Um, yeah, this, this has just been hard for me because I think yeah. like, you know, there was, uh, there was one summer where like I went over to, uh, our mutual friend Colin's house, mm-hmm. Colin, a guy that has guested, on other podcasts in our network yes in the past um and we just played through like all of shadow the hedgehog (laughs) until we got an ending uh Uh, and like like that was that was in retrospect that was almost like a so bad it's good experience yeah yeah yeah. so it's so like schlocky and like Mm -hmm. and ridiculous that it was kind of fun in the end even though it was not fun to play like <laughs> sure. that, that game does not control well at all right yeah otherwise it's hard i think like i think the most recent like bad game experience i've had was like was mostly just how disappointing a game was to me and that was this game called y2k a postmodern rpg oh uh, yeah yeah like you know it was this game that like had a very deliberate like 90s like it was set like in the 90s right mm-hmm. um and uh kind of like the like the you know the year 2000 is kind of impending right uh-huh um and uh and i thought that was a great idea for a setting like sure. you know like like a lot of the character designs looked very 90s in a cool way it had kind of this this kind of like what if earthbound was like quasi 3d right like, like graphical style uh and i was convinced that this was going to be one of the best like games i've ever played you know like yeah th- that it was just gonna be a really great like cool little rpg experience and uh and then i i played it and like uh it was fairly janky but beyond that like the the writing was just really bad kid the protagonist was just like insufferable if yeah, i remember th- right this incredibly yeah. unlikable character and like the the game developer like even went on it's like it's like i just don't think people are ready for art oh like, yeah God, yeah fuck off <laughs> like i don't think people are ready for a for a game where you don't like the character you're playing as Ugh. like and it's like it's it's not that i've no. played games as unlikable characters before right. and i but i've never played a game where like we're like, I just did not like being involved in <laughs> any of this and not in a, not in a, ooh, like I'm being unsettled way. And like, yeah, you know, yeah. like, like heck, even games like Undertale have managed to make me feel like anxious and upset. Mm-hmm. Right. But like in a good way. And this game was just like, like, like people can make just because an, an artistic choice is made deliberately doesn't mean it's good. Yeah. Like you, with, you can do something with the full intention of evoking a certain emotion, but if people respond to it poorly, you know, yeah. that's, that is still your fault. And yeah. And also like, you know, the protagonist is kind of like this, this hipster douchebag. Yeah. Right. And like, is one thing if like, you know, yeah, it's like, Oh, this character's unlikable, but he was unlikable in a way where you could, you kind of got the vibe that the person writing this character thought he was really cool. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. And, uh, oh boy, I, I just couldn't stand that game. Uh, and I, I, I just didn't get very far in it. <laughs> uh, and, um, and yeah, I was, I was just so let down. That was such a bummer. And then it turned out that the, the developer himself may have been kind of a crappy person in a variety uh. of ways. And yeah, so just, I, that's, that's a game that I 
uh, that I regret playing to wow. an, like, you know, to like, yeah. uh, to like a degree more strong than, than <laughs> most, you know? Yeah. I, I getcha. Yeah. Like actually like, it's funny. I almost, uh, when we did uh game of the year discussion last year, uh, I almost put it as my biggest disappointment, but I did not want to raise awareness for that game. Right. Sure. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's weird that I'm talking about it now. I might, uh, well, might, you know, yeah. we've had the distance of time at this point. Yeah, right. You're not like, saying anything good about this game. Yeah. Um, I think it's safe. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll have a backup answer. Backup answer. Shout out to the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I feel like there are other answers to the question. I'm just kind of blanking. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, no, it's a hard question to answer. Yeah, cool question, though. Yes. Yeah, thank you for the question. Yeah, thank you. And finally, an email from Quinn R. All right. Hey, Daniel and Sean. I had a fun random question for you guys to use whenever you want to. If you were tasked with creating a tabletop campaign set in a Nintendo IP universe, hmm. which would you choose and what would the premise of the campaign be? Oh, great question. Bonus points if you theorize the characters that you would play. Thanks, Quinn R. <laughs> Quinn, this is a great question. Yes. It's hilarious because uh, Sean and I, especially I, have already done this uh, just in our spare time over the past few 15 to 20 years yes uh yeah um i i particularly um like ran a like my answer to this would be what i've already done probably <laughs> which is uh like maybe 10 or so years ago i found this uh this uh this system that a, just a team of fans made online yeah uh, called pokemon tabletop adventures mm -hmm. which eventually got upgraded to the system called pokemon tabletop united yes uh and i used those systems to uh to run a pokemon campaign for sean <laughs> and uh and old podcast friend max yes and uh and several other friends that was set in kanto but 15 years after the events of red and blue right uh the party got their first pokemon from professor gary oak <laughs> and uh and you know, ran into trouble with his nephew Cobalt, mm -hmm. and uh, and just a variety of um, like you know, they'd they'd go to Pallet Town, and maybe there'd be a new gym leader there. Sure, uh, I've like, man, it's it's been so long that I kind of forget. I think maybe Brock was just like forty, and like, yeah, we we fought yeah. Brock because I I he killed my Parasect by mistake. Yeah, because Pokemon could die in in, yeah. in that system. He yeah. he literally had like a Geo dude that karate chopped my Parasect in half. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And then he paused the match because he was like, do you want time to bury that? <laughs> I was like, no, man, we can keep going. <laughs> yeah, Brock was there. Yeah, oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, that, that campaign was, was a lot of fun to make. I had, a, like, it It was one of those campaigns that kind of fizzled out. Yeah. But I had all kinds of plans for it. Um, uh, your Your character. Yes, yeah. Oh, I forget what I named him. What did I name him? Boy, your your character requires some context to be explained. Yeah. Uh, because ever since we oh, were teens... Oh, that's right, right, right. Yeah, yep, okay, I remember the Ever since now. we were teens, uh, Sean came up with this, uh, 
like his first character we ever made for an RPG. Yeah. I ran D&D 3.5 for him and some friends, and Sean made a half-orc character named Trogachok. As I recall, you came up with that name. Did I? <laughs> yeah, as I recall, I showed up for the session, and you were like, I, I pre-made some characters. Here's this orc named Trogachok. He has eight intelligence. <laughs> and so then... He just became like the Incredible Hulk, basically. Like, <laughs> Trogchuck, not think that good idea. Like because you had, they couldn't speak. Characters couldn't speak in full sentences unless they had ten intelligence. Oh right. Um. So yeah, yeah. That Trogchuck actually would not exist if not for you. So thanks. Holy cow! Yeah, because because yeah, th- over the past like two decades, <laughs> like. Uh, Trog Chalk yeah. has re-existed in so many different contexts. Yeah, and in Pokemon, uh, Sean made a martial artist named Chuck, Chuck Trogson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who was just kind of like a himbo, basically. Oh, yeah, bef- uh, before the word himbo existed. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he, he was beefy, stupid, and kind. Yeah. More like, beefy and stupid than kind. Yes. Uh, you could, um, in, in PTA, go ahead. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, beefy and stupid, that's just a jock. (laughs) Beefy and kind, that's just a hunk. (laughs) Stupid and kind, that's just a decent man. God, I I love that so It's great. Yeah. The himbo triangle. Yeah, the himbo triangle. Anyway, go on. Uh, So in PTA, you could, like, choose uh, kind of a trainer class. And so Chuck Trogson was a martial artist. Yeah, who would also, like, literally punch Pokemon alongside his Pokemon. Yeah, like, in wild Pokemon battles, he would just walk up and beat the (laughs) shit out of Pokemon. They they changed that in in the... Yeah. Like, in Tabletop Adventures, you could do that. In Tabletop United, they they removed shit like that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, yeah, I, I played Chuck Trogson and, uh, Brock killed my Parasect. Yeah. You start with like a Squirtle? I believe so. Yeah. 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 You have, uh, you called it Brostoise with the, that's right. with the goal of evolving, evolving into, into a Blastoise. Blastoise yeah. Named Brostoise yeah. with like fucking the Squirtle shades, the Squirtle squad shades. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, yeah, that campaign was a lot of fun. And it was. Yeah. We've, it's funny Sean and I have run, like, games in a lot of different video game IPs. Yes. Like, I've done a Danganronpa campaign. Mm-hmm. Sean has done a Phoenix Wright campaign. That's true. Um, that was hard. Yeah, that was... I loved that campaign, though. I'm I'm glad. Yeah. That was, that was so much more work than my current campaign that I'm running, for which I have a spreadsheet with 12 tabs on it <laughs> to or keep myself organized. And that's a Persona campaign. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I, I don't think you specifically have ever done... um. A like Nintendo an, an one. Nintendo I, I don't IP. Think I have. Yeah, not Nintendo owned anyway. Um, one thing that's actually funny is uh, a friend of the podcast, Ethan, um, who we've guested on the podcast he's running now. We've guested yes. on Devil Fruit. He actually, before he was running his own podcast, he kind of approached us and was like, "Hey, I have an idea for like kind of a Smash Bros. tabletop <laughs> campaign that we can run as an actual play podcast. Are you guys interested?" And we were like, "Yeah, we're interested." Uh, and then like, you know, we, we even kind of, we did like, like a, like a kind of a test session. Yeah, we did a test session and it was a lot of fun. And then, uh, and then our schedules just did not allow that to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Um, that was great though. Yeah. It was, it was like a Luigi's mansion session and I made Bowser's cousin Herschel Koopa. (laughs) And I'm, 
You, I think you made Bowser's cousin Herschel Koopa because I made Mario and Luigi's cousin Linguini Mario. <laughs> yes. I made Linguini Mario, uh, and then you're like, I'm doing that too. I'm Herschel <laughs> Koopa. And Herschel was like an accountant who had no, you know, proclivities toward violence or world domination. And and Linguini Mario was just like a sleazeball. Yeah. He was of just, course, with yeah. a name like Linguini. Yeah he, yeah, he was just riding off the coattails of the Mario legacy. My favorite character, though, was your fiance Amy Lee's character who created this kind of bratty princess called Princess Lemon. Yeah. <laughs> Great fucking name. Oh, Princess Lemon was incredible. Yeah. I loved Princess Lemon. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, uh, and and yeah, not, not, nothing came of it, unfortunately. But Ethan was was uh, a a gem, yes, and, and, uh, and absolutely a dear for for running that for us, a gentleman and a scholar, yes, uh, of Nintendo lore. But yeah, so Sean, I guess yes. what what would what Nintendo IP would you <laughs> run a game in? Uh, this this is cheating a little bit because I'm currently participating in a Fire Emblem campaign, and oh, so are you. Yes, uh, with yeah, our friend Tommy. Yeah, but if I were to run a Nintendo IP tabletop campaign, I'd do my own Fire Emblem campaign. Yeah, that's fair. I really like that universe. I, uh, you know, I I like those games, and I would just have a really good time kind of plotting it all out. Yeah, yeah. Um. It's it's funny, like our friend Tommy has run multiple Fire Emblem campaigns, so I can't even be like, This is the character I'd make in the campaign <laughs> because I've made several Fire Emblem yeah. characters at this point. Yeah. Uh my favorite Fire Emblem character that I ever made was this character named Flo and Robez. <laughs> uh who is basically like the advisor of like the Prince character. Yeah. Uh and I took like I took like just like this <laughs> evil looking like 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 shitty wizard man yeah. from from Path of Radiance or something uh-huh. and made that like my character art and you know he's like oh Prince Luca <laughs> please we need to watch what we do in this situation and uh, this is great yeah you're like, one of your finest voices yeah he he just like yeah he was <laughs> it's like if Heinz Doofenshmirtz. <laughs> sucked <laughs> uh yeah he uh yeah like basically he just like looked really evil and like everyone just assumed he was really evil but he he was just a just um, a concerned old man yeah just a concerned old man it was kind of dumb yeah so i don't know he did a fire emblem campaign uh, i'd make you just bring flo and robez back yeah i'd bring flo and robez yeah back. i would yeah. allow you to do that thank you Sean. of course um i I think if I were to run a campaign in a Nintendo IP, I have not yet tackled. Mm-hmm. Like, what are my favorite chibi? I would not do a chibi robo <laughs> campaign. I don't even know what that would be like. Well, one person would play the little chibi robo, and then everybody else would pick a toy to play. It'd be <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, that would be. You should great. absolutely do that. <laughs> I wouldn't, but yeah, the, that that has more promise than <laughs> than I thought before I immediately wrote it off. Um. I feel like a Paper Mario campaign could be fun. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, where, like, maybe Mario's not even around and everyone just plays, like, a different, like, <laughs> uh, like a different mutation of a Mario enemy. You That'd know? be cool. And maybe, like, maybe the party's basically looking for Mario mm-hmm. to, like, solve this problem, but he's <laughs> he's off doing something else. Right. So it's up to, like, this this gaggle of Mario enemies. Like, like Goombas with, and shit. Yeah, with, yeah. like, you know... With goofy new names, just trying to tackle like this, this new like this new eldritch being that right. has just moved into Bowser's castle while he and Mario <laughs> are off like arguing about how many pickles to put on a hamburger or whatever. 
Seven. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's too many. <laughs> I need six. <laughs> I need a maximum of six pickles on this burger. And my mouth is too small for more than six. <laughs> it's not that my mouth is too small. I got a big... Big Bowser mouth. You know, it's actually surprising how small it is when I open up my jaws. No, it's it's a big mouth. I got a big mouth. Seven. I just, I, I, no. <laughs> six pickles. It overwhelms the taste of the burger if there's more than six. You got a bigger burger. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> anyway, what, what fucking character would you make for a Paper Mario campaign? I would make a, um, okay, I would make a Boo that's terrified of other ghosts. Oh, that's great. Yeah. What would, what would the Boo's name be? Uh, Buffant. <laughs> Ooh, I kind of like that. <laughs> Thanks. My, like, I thought you were just going to say Boo-hoo. <laughs> Boo-hoo that's pretty good, boo. too. Yeah. God. I feel like I could do like an entire just bonus content where we come up with like what if what if we did a tabletop <laughs> campaign of this Nintendo IP? I will say that just so, so that I can also kind of choose a second one. Uh, if I didn't do Fire Emblem, I'd do Metroid. Ooh, and just have it be like a cool sci-fi campaign. Yeah, nice like kind of survival horror stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that'd be rad. Yeah. It'd be weird to be anyone besides Samus in that setting. Yeah. But, uh, I guess I could just do like a Metroid Prime Hunters thing where you're all different bounty hunters or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Or just like, yeah, just members of the Federation, the Federation (laughs) that suck more than Samus does. You're just just the Federation scientists before they all die at the beginning of Metroid Fusion. (laughs) Uh, like, we just, we just make a version of Federation Force that doesn't suck. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Great question. Great question. And that's all the questions we got this time. I hope you guys all liked this kind of yeah. more more casual uh, mess of an episode. Just dudes being bros. Just guys being dudes. Yeah. Uh, Two bros chilling in the guest room. <laughs> <laughs> Five feet apart because they're not gay. <laughs> also, so their mics don't clip against each other. Yes. About two. Yeah, next time on A Smashing Theory, mm-hmm. I still have no clue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, you Me, can, yeah. We'll just, we'll do a push-up contest and then talk about how much our arms hurt. No, <laughs> we're not doing that. But yeah, just, I guess, maybe suggest, maybe I'll do another poll. We'll do a cooking episode. No. We're in the kitchen making a pasta. No, st- stop, stop. <laughs> uh yeah, maybe, maybe yeah, maybe we'll do another Patreon poll unless there's actually Nintendo news in the next two right. weeks. Yeah, um, we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out next time on a Smashing Theory. We'll figure something out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> then the next episode is just called "We Didn't Figure Anything Out." <laughs> I kind of love that actually. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. Right. Thanks everyone for listening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll we'll see you soon. Whether there's Nintendo news or video game news worth discussing or not. And in the meantime, I hope that you have a smashing time. Ah, thanks for not being weird this time. No problem, my boy. My son. Oh, getting a little weird. Daddy has to go now. (laughs) There we are. Goodbye. Goodbye.
special thanks. Special thanks. Special thanks to Lonald. Thanks, Lonald. Lonald, we just recorded an episode yesterday and I thanked you already. I'm out of thank <laughs> juice. Thank <laughs> juice you, is gone. You know we have to thank like six more people after this, all of whom we thanked when we recorded yesterday. I'll try to muster up some juice, Daniel, but I just don't know. <laughs> Thanks, Lonald. Thanks, Sorry Lonald. about the lack of juice. Oh, the juice. S- special thanks to Nymph. Thanks, Nymph. Still like you. <laughs> Still like you. You're cool. Nymph's very cool. Yeah. A, a cool cucumber. And we, we appreciate your continued support. Yeah, special thanks to my fiance Amy Lee. Thanks, Amy Lee, for being so patient because we've been recording for a while. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I miss you. Yeah. <laughs> Still, I'm drawing mustard up that juice. I miss you too. <laughs> <laughs> but not as much as Daniel, probably. Amy's just texted me and said, Why is Sean like this? <laughs> thanks, babe. Love you. Special thanks <laughs> to Mr. Cool Red Luigi. Yeah! Wow. He did a triple jump. Yeah, damn, yeah. he just jumped up and he just climbed into our, like, heater. And... But I spent all my juice on that. <laughs> oh, go and get more juice. Oh, the pickle juice. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> That's too much pickles for the juice. <laughs> Mario? No, that was good delivery. <laughs> I'm <laughs> upset. <laughs> Oh, this is actually the start of why they're enemies. <laughs> a long time ago. Mario, if you put one more pickle on this burger, I'm going to kidnap a princess. They just, they just. I'm going them. to carry her eight castles away. One more than the amount of pickles that should not be on this burger. So just imagine, like, the burger is open on the table. They're both staring at each other. And then Mario just slowly reaches over to a jar of pickles, picks up a single pickle, and then just drops it on the sandwich. And Bowser goes, that's it! Yeah. Oh! <laughs> Mario, you have made a mistake of grave proportions on this day. Then just in the middle of Bowser talking, you just hear, <laughs> as Mario eats his burger. I, I also just imagine when, like, Mario, like, puts, like, the last pickle on the burger. Yeah. Like, as he drops it, he just goes, yeah! <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, exactly. It's like, oh! <laughs> Mario, too many pickles! <laughs> and he uh, sets fire to the restaurant and leaves. Thanks, Mr. Cool Red Luigi. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Special thanks to Cool Gabe. Cool Gabe, he's so cool. He's a cool Gabe. He's so cool! I am going to have to edit that spike that you just did. To the I can phone. see it on, on here. It's big. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> But I'm not sorry that Cool Gabe has given us so much support. No, me neither. Thanks, Cool Gabe. Thanks, Cool Gabe. Yeah. Special thanks to Vinny G. Thanks, Vinny G. I love the G in your name. It's like a mystery. What does it stand for? I actually know what it stands for. Yeah, we know what it stands for. (laughs) But our listeners don't know. (laughs) They don't. Good luck solving that mystery. Don't try to solve it. Give Vinny his privacy. Here's a hint. (laughs) <laughs> no, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Special thanks to Vinnaber. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Vinnaber. I sure do. 
love some shit about you. Oh boy! Oh, oh, you're he's he's uh, breaking down, folks. They, they rang the juice out of me. <laughs> he is. It was nothing like vinegar. <laughs> I said you were banned from using that word in the bit of her segment. <laughs> Look, I was only using it in the context of saying that my bit had nothing to do with it. <laughs> banned! Banned! <laughs> thanks, Vinifer. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> special thanks to our special thanks, patrons. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to fill shut up with some juice. Before next time. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate so, it. So uh so stay tuned for the juicing. <laughs> yep. Alright. Uh, bye. Bye. Oh twenty dollars. Okay, yep. Give us twenty dollars. Then we'll do this. We we sure will. And add to my juice fund. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>